Being in the moment to start using your brain to go, what's the trend? If you look at industries, something that happens in entertainment then usually affects your beauty care. Like one thing affects another thing. And so you have to see what the trend is and then get better at what, what your experience does with that trend. And then that's where you want to invest money. Your portfolio has to be high risk and low risk. It's got to be short term and long term. It's never one egg in one basket. Right. And it's unfortunate that entrepreneurs have a tendency to do that one egg in one basket without ever thinking outside of their own head. And I'm like, you gotta bounce your ideas and what you're thinking amongst colleagues so that you get that other perspective, right? Or the other story. We got Amelia Antonetti in the house <laughs> and we're gonna drop some mics. So I, I recently went through your, your genius key and, uh, and we got Thank some- Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's great, and we got some results, and I want to unpack those on this show today. No worries. Before we get there, though, I got a few questions for you. So, first question I have for you is, why? Why did you become an entrepreneur? Why did you get started, you know, with businesses and doing everything that you've been doing? You know, that's a great, so there was an article a gazillion and one years ago that uh, Entrepreneur Magazine did, probably going back a decade, and they interviewed like 30,000 entrepreneurs and asked them why they did what they did, right? Because I think that's, I love behavior. And was it, you know, was it money? Was it power? And overriding, it was because they could, right? Entrepreneurs are driven to just walk on a different path, the path less traveled. Um, and so for me, I wanted to create an environment that was more in alignment with personal lifestyles, right? So when I came into, you know, I guess my second or third company, I was like, you know what, this whole choosing to be a good parent or a good partner and have a career was like this either or just as unhealthy. And I was like, how do we get businesses to be in alignment to support people to be their, their highest and best, truly develop them beyond where they can see to their fullest potential? But the operating system for companies wasn't there. And so I said, well, the only way I'm going to be able to test this theory is if I start doing it in my own companies. And so that was the driving force was, I mean, remember, this is back when there wasn't, you know, shared jobs and virtual offices and all of that stuff. You know, when I first brought in to the company what we called shared jobs, shared whatever, people were like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> and then we built a school in the middle of our company, right? So I was like, a parent should not have to commute to their children. And so we brought, like, we literally said, if you don't like kids and pets, this is probably not the company for you because people <laughs> brought them to work, right? And so we had all these kids in an atrium and we hired homeschool teachers and they schooled right there on campus and all the parents were around so they could actually see them, right? We were all in the floors, went around this big atrium so people oh. could have their, you know, lunch with their kids or if somebody fell down, you know, mom and dad were right there. And it started creating a energy that propelled me to say I was on the right track because we never had to hire like a headhunter to find us. People lined up to work for us because they were committed to the lifestyle, not necessarily all of the other perks. And that's what led me to just keep charging forward on what we need for today's society, where we need for tomorrow's society, and stop trying to tweak the old stuff that doesn't work and put a Band-Aid on it. Like, I'm like, it didn't work then, it's still not going to work, and a Band-Aid, we're beyond a Band-Aid, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the universal reset 
basically now gave everybody that opportunity. But we've seen historically these universal resets, right? You know, there's floods, you know, you know, the, the, you know the, the bugs, right? And so we have these opportunities as um, an entire, you know, civilization to grow. Well, I love what you're talking about because uh, you do a lot of things for your employees. And I remember hearing you when, when we were here with Casey Haston, big shout out to Casey. I remember you talking about some of the things you do for your employees, for the people that work for you. And some of them just blew me away. Can you maybe shed some light into like, and you even said at one point, you were like, nobody could ever take one of my employees. Like, no. let them try, let, let them try. try. No, no. So I started with a really simple concept, right? And so I was, I'm, I love Winnie the Pooh. Um, and so I put it, these little honey pots over the company. And I said, when you're not here, what are you doing? Right. And people are like, what? I'm like, just whatever you're doing when you're not in this office, what is it? And so people are like, you know, I'm cleaning the house. I'm doing yard work. I'm rotating tires, you know, mowing lawns, going grocery shopping, all those type of things. And for, for me as, as the CEO, right. Or the leader, I was like, I can do all those things. I wanted my team that when they weren't working to be amazing partners, amazing parents, active members of their community, not working all week and then doing all honeydews, mm -hmm. right? And so the company actively does the honeydews for our team. And so wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let's rewind that real quick. So, so you're saying I'm gonna come work for you and then like, like dry cleaning or, or like changing the tires yep. or like the, the little things. All those little things that weigh down life. And so you have to think <laughs> about it. So a CEO solves problems in a mass capacity, mm -hmm. right? It's not a one-off. Mm -hmm. And so for me to call and say, okay, there's 200 cars in the parking lot and you're going to come and change the oils and rotate the car, right? It's while you're working, the in the parking lot, all the cars are going through. They're kind of like check and balances. Now, if you go to wherever, like Quick and Go or whatever that is, you're going to pay thirty nine, fifty bucks to do it. Right. But I'm master negotiator, so I get my cars all done for like twelve ninety five because I'm doing it in mass. Same thing for shopping, right? So. I let a couple of the people in my company who love to shop, I hate to shop, love to shop, are going to Costco's and Sam's and they're doing the whole bulk buying for everybody. It allows everybody to take not 20 ketchups home because that's mm -hmm. going to go bad anyway. And so we, we work like a village and so that everybody goes home with groceries. Everybody goes home with clean laundry. Everybody goes home with their dry cleaning because we're all doing the same thing. I want to come work for you. We're yeah. doing it as a village. <laughs> we're doing it as a village. Yeah. I love That's awesome. Well, and it tells me just how forward thinking you are because if if you look back um i mean you've been in business for a while and this was probably before like even childcare at work was mainstream oh, wait yeah in the 80s yeah. people thought it was nuts that was pioneering yeah and but but we still are right we're still looking forward to not what you need today what do you need tomorrow? So I'm always pulling my team and my clients to say, what are your hopes? What are your goals? I don't look at a resume. I look for a business plan. You're going to come work for me. What are you going to ask me? Amelia, what's your business plan for the next three years? I want to know what your business plan is. Don't tell me what you've done. What are you going to do? What is the plan to get there? And I want to hear, I hope to buy a house. I hope to take a four-week vacation. I hope to learn a language. I, I want to know what your hopes and dreams are, just like you want to know what my hopes and dreams are. Because then it tells me if we're going on the same path. But it also tells me, can I serve you? My job as a CEO is to serve every individual within my company. 
So I want to know, am I being set up to fail? I mean, are we, is this something that I can serve you with? And when I look at that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can make all these things happen. Well, that means then you trust me with your dream and I trust you that you're going to fulfill it. And so those types of activities within a company is what brings the camaraderie of, of trust and relationship and bonding and giving and taking into the company, whether the company is under one roof or it's virtual, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a double, did, double. Yeah, yeah, come on guys. Okay, so first of all, she really genuinely wants to know what you want, like in life, so she can help you get it. So I'm curious. All Most these... leaders do. Real CEOs yes. who are building a company, who are building a community, really want to know who you are. The problem is, is we're conditioned to go in and be a robot and say, oh, blah, 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 and we really know nothing after that interview, any more than we did before. And so it's the authenticity of really getting clear on what do you want? What brings you joy? What do you want? Audience, tell me in the uh, comments. I want to hear, what do you want? What brings you joy? Like, you got somebody up here who's literally asking you the question, right? Mm -hmm. So tell us in the chat. I'd love to hear that. Um, I, li I like that you said that you, they're trusting you with their dreams, right? Yes. Hopes and dreams, and you're trusting them that they're going to fulfill it. Like, what a great statement that is. Yeah, and it changes, statement. right? So people mimic their environment, right? And so if they see the relationship between me and my team captains, then that's also the relationship between my team captains and their team and that team and their clients. So we are very committed to circles, right? I serve my people, my people serve the clients, the clients serve the community, and the community serves us as a company who's trying to improve the community. And it's all a circle of trust, right? And we learn by giving people the freedom to make a mistake and then turn around with authenticity and go, hey, listen, that didn't work for me. And here's what I think would have worked better, right? So there's not a problem without a solution, right? So that's yeah. right above my Mike says. There's no it. problem that all land the time. at my desk. I say that all the time. Any problem, there's a solution that's to every problem. That's good parenting, too. That's good parenting. Right. But it's also good <laughs> when you talk about job seeking, right? Look at the companies that you're interested in. What is their problem? And solve it for them. Mm -hmm. Because... Uh Trust me, if you email me, get a hold of me, and they're like, listen, I noticed that you have this problem, and here's what I would do to fix it. I'd be like, who, who is this person? Bring them in. Get this person in here now. Yeah. Proactive. Yeah, right? CEOs, Proactive. we're fighting fires all the time. We're fighting fires, mm -hmm. and we've got problems in, within our organization. We're always trying to solve them. There's always a problem. But a lot of them we don't even see, Yeah. right? So if you, as from the outside perspective, can see a problem and you just don't go, oh, Amelia, here's a problem. You're like, here's a problem. Here's a solution. I'll champion this. Mm -hmm. And here's what I need. I need this type of resources. I need this type of budget. And I need this timeline. And here's what I think the outcome is. I'm like, man, I will, I will hire Soul. you every <laughs> single. It. I will find a job for you, right? 100%. So, so here's something else I want to talk about real quick. Can you tell us the story? Because I think this is super interesting. Can you tell us the story about you created the Listerine strip? Well, I did not create the Listerine strip. Okay, okay. So not accurate. tell me about that. I was at a medical convention. I was okay. hired to speak. I still to this day have zero. I, and why I was hired to speak at a medical convention, I have no idea. <laughs> but I was. Because you're that good. Right, exactly. Uh, no, I have no idea. So here I am. <laughs> I'm in Hong Kong. I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm speaking, you know, later on that day or the next morning. And I'm like, 
man, what am I doing here, right? And so it was like, okay, well, I can either like go shopping or just like go to something else and just come when I actually have to speak. Or I can say, maybe the universe is trying to tell me something. Maybe there's something here that I'm supposed to be here, even though it doesn't make sense to me why I'm here. And so I started looking at the, you know, the agenda for the couple of days. I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. This is kind of interesting. Let me just pop into some of these seminars. One of the seminars that I was in, the little guy at the front of the room was talking about a medical delivery system that they had invented for old people, for old people who can't swallow pills. This new patented technology melted on their tongue so that old people didn't have to swallow. And I was like, hmm. That's interesting. I'm like, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me. I'm like, what would it be for a licensing for North America? And they're like, what? And I was like, just, I want to license the technology. I don't really care about the whole pill swell swallowing thing over there, but I wanted to put breath freshener and I wanted to bring it into OTC <laughs> over the counter. And so that's what I, so I brought the license for this medical device into the U.S. and then end up selling it to Dr. Fresh and then selling it to Listerine. Got so you. it's about maximizing an opportunity that you might not necessarily see that's obvious. But I will find that most opportunities come in disguise. Although, were, although he was like, little lady, this is a highly sophisticated medical device. I'm like, no, 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 I got it. And applause to you. I'm really trying to use it in a much simpler form. Right? I, lady, was, yeah, lady, I just have this picture in my mind like, excuse me, excuse me not a doctor, yeah, but yeah, can you put <laughs> breath freshener on it? Right, yeah, yeah. they were like, what? Huh? I mean, and, and it was hard, right? Because so for him, he thought it was being condescending because he had spent you know, all this time on this, you know, big invention. And I was like, can I just simplify it? <laughs> That's awesome. That is so funny. That is awesome. Um, so I was watching your interview with Casey Haston, and you talked about in that interview, there was a specific moment, uh, an interaction that you had with Snoop Dogg. Oh, yes. Yes, I <laughs> love him. Yes, yes. Although I didn't know who he was. And, and it changed your perception on some things. About everything. Your outlook. Yep. Yes. So okay. I was in Vegas. Um, again, asked to speak. Uh, it was really late. It was like two, two o'clock in the morning. I was dressed in hooker heels and the whole nine yards. And I was waiting to go <laughs> in the elevator bank. I was by myself, 2 a.m., woman by self, 2 a.m., <laughs> trying to go up the elevator. And the elevator stopped. And there was a group of African-American gentlemen standing in there. And I went to walk in. And then I pulled back. I was like, whoa, not doing that. And then they looked at me and the guy who was standing beside him was like, just because we're black doesn't mean that it's dangerous. Or so made a comment like that. And I was like, what? And so I got in the elevator and I was sitting there for a second. I was like, wait a minute. So you think I paused because you're black? And they looked at me and I was like, you realize that there are three men in this elevator and there's just me that I would have paused if it were any combination of men. I'm like, I'm not that girl, right? That's, you know, I'm like, so it was weird that they saw from their perspective that it was a, a skin color issue. And for me, it was a safety issue, 100%. I was like, Wow, our perspective on this scenario is entirely different. You, know, you always hear people, two people watch a movie, right. and they they both tell you that you know one was a love story and one, you know one was was a tragedy, and so I was like, wow, and, and that really started to change. To go, something is always happening 
but what you think is happening is not what's happening. And so then I asked, I was like, who, there was, there was these guys, I was like, you know, one of them had these pink tails, I'm like, oh, that was Snoop Dogg. I'm like, Snoop Dogg? I'm like, who's the <laughs> Snoop Dogg? Right, and so I started, and I, so I wrote a letter to him. I wrote a letter, I say, I wanna let you know that you had such an impact on me that I now realize that I gotta get out of my own head. I've got to be able to see what other people think is happening, to be able to bridge those conversations so that real growing can happen, right? Real connection happen. If they wouldn't have said something and I didn't say something, both of us would have left that moment without any learning. Mm -hmm. And so they learned and I learned. And that opportunity is in front of us each and every day, but we're so committed to the story we want to tell ourselves. We're so committed to being politically correct. We're so committed to all the negativity that we miss all the positive side of what happens when two people really see each other and really understand, like, wait a minute, you're misinterpreting my action. What I really mean is this. And then people go, oh, wow, I thought it was something entirely different. And it happens with you know, employer, employee, it happens mm -hmm. with parent, child, it happens in your partnerships and your relationships. It just happens in your just regular interaction, right? Is that you interpret what's happening your way and you believe that's the only story that's happening. That is not. There's always a myriad of stories going on in any given circumstance. I'm going to drop the mic on that one too. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to drop the mic on that one too. <laughs> Hold on. We're going to get, get ready. Some yeah. Dog wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I well, try to break stuff. And, and I want to relate this to the job seeker community, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, I, I get this and I've, I've gotten this feeling a lot in a lot of conversations. Trevor, you can probably say the same thing is that um, sometimes they're in their own way. They have this myopic mm -hmm. view. Yeah. Big time. Right? Right. And their, their troubles are their, you know, they're, they're so bad. They're, they're all on them and no, nothing else, right? is it, they're not doing anything, everything else, excuse me. Right, what I victim mentality. Yeah, right. Is, mm -hmm. is wrong. Well, this wasn't right, and this person, they just didn't get it. And, you know, it's like they don't inwardly, right, have any retroactive re, um, insight as to who they are and what they're doing. So if you're problems. interviewing, right, literally, so let's pretend you're interviewing, right, you should take a video and you should interview and then you should watch it and say, are you putting out the image and who you are correctly. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, especially when somebody's interviewing, you come off aloof, you can come off as a know-it-all, you can call, come off disengaged, you can, can come off a lot of different ways when you're nervous. And until you can understand how you're being perceived, yep. you have no way of correcting it, That's right. right? The other thing that people do is that they answer questions, right? Instead of saying, that's interesting, why are you asking that? Mm. Right? Because you're still in control. Question with a question. Because sometimes you don't, people don't really understand what they're doing. Right? And a lot of times, especially when somebody is over a boundary for you. Right? And so if, when you're talking about an executive position or a leadership role, and if I have crossed a boundary for you and you're not strong enough to go, I'm not really understanding what you're asking me, that pushback, I want pushback from my leaders. I don't want to just hire a bunch of yes people. I want people to go, you know what? I don't think this is a good, good idea. You mm -hmm. I, are you looking at the whole scope? But if you can't do that in an interview, right? And, and if you can take on my type of personality, right? I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a big presence. Um, I'm, I can be very, um, I, I want to say confrontational, but I want to know why and how come, like what is, if I ask you your opinion and, and you're just telling me cause, 
Like, I want to know this is my opinion and this is where it's coming from and this is how I formulate it. Like, I want to really understand. I truly care about people. Mm -hmm. And so in an interview, I'm actually looking for somebody to stand with me, push back if need be, to go, wait a minute, I... I want to make sure I understand the question you're asking me, Amelia, so that I really give you the answer. Well, now I know you're aware and present in the actual conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's so important. Mm -hmm. um, don't just memorize and go in there and look like a robot. Or just tell me what you think I want to hear. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right, because yeah. I'm going to find quickly, right, people forget that how you present yourself can very easily be checked on all your social channels. Oh, so yeah. if you present yourself as I am this, you know, alpha leader, blah, 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 blah. And then I do a search on your social and I'm like, well, there's a gap, right? <laughs> it, it's, it, you've just walked yourself out of a job. Yep. You're yeah. not being authentic. Right. You're not you being authentic. You have to present across all platforms. This is who I am. This is what I care about. This is my value system. This is what has meaning. And here's what I believe are you know, the boundaries of me being whoever I am. And that is that check and balance that people don't realize that for big positions, they're looking, they're mm -hmm. looking. I try to tell young people this all the time. I'm like, that is probably gonna hurt you when you're looking to be part of the C-suite because I can find it. All right, so I wanna switch gears for just a second here. Uh-oh. So I know you wear a lot of hats. You got a lot of things going on. Uh, I know you also work with Steve Harvey. Uh, I saw an episode uh, called Next Best Success and it had Grant Cardone in it. Yeah. Um, and I got a clip. I wanna go ahead and play that clip for the audience real quick. Before the break, we had two great young inventors uh, present Amelia and Grant and me with two great uh, inventions. Uh, but we're only crowning one uh, the next big success and gonna give them $10,000 uh, to grow their business. Uh, so let's get down to the business. Before making the decision, fi your final thoughts, Amelia, truthfully, and Tru go at it. So, so I love your enthusiasm. I like the core values of why you started the company, but here's what I have a problem with. Um, you're talking about a trend that's here right now. I don't think it's gonna sustain. Emojis are here today, but they're not gonna be here in a couple years from now. You, okay, you have the fun names and your packaging is flat. Your youth and enthusiasm should be in your packaging. You've got fluff and utter, and then you got a label that goes, eh, I'm like everybody else. You need some polish. You're in a very competitive, very competitive industry. I want to look at your picture and I want to go, wow. Got it. What you do looks very complicated to me. <laughs> you know, say so the two and a half million dollars, all that sounds good. I don't know how you compete with a Whole Foods and a Nature's and and scale out like that. Maybe you can, and, and I hope you can. You'll never operate on a 40% margin going forward. And that's why you didn't want to say that, because that space is so, so competitive. And I hope Steve doesn't give you the 10 grand, because he's wasting his money. I say he's I not. Say, I, say, I say he's not. Let me tell you, because I like this business. I like that what you're at is right now. I don't, I here don't today, care. gone tomorrow. I don't care if it's gone tomorrow. Right now, right here, you could be making money. You need to get your costs out of wherever you're doing this. Send that production to some other country. I know nobody likes that idea. Thank you. I'm not running for president. <laughs> okay. this, is, this is a business. You need to go where the cost can get down to under two bucks so you can sell this thing yeah, for $19. Yeah, but if you're starting now, you've missed the trend. The next trend is coming, and then you're belly up. 
It's not worth the investment, right? At least you're in a marketplace that has Everybody's got emotions, dude. Got, Stay with it. Yeah. I'm angry today, you pay me. I'm happy Market tomorrow, I get paid. he doesn't okay? have it. No. I'm gonna spend 100 of this 10,000 on an alcoholic drink right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just loved that clip and um, I thought that was awesome. So first of all, I got to give it to you. You were throwing him uh, with Grant. You know, what is it like to work with a guy like that? I, listen, I've known Grant for a long time. You know, that's I, I, one of the reasons why I recommended him to be on the Steve show, right? Because oh, okay. he's got a really good insight. Um, and so I like, you know, duking it out you know, verbally from different perspectives. Right. Somebody's going to defend it because, you know, you open up, you know, what maybe that's maybe that's right or maybe that's something that I don't see. But I'm also willing to defend my position, especially when you're talking about mass consumer goods. Like mm. I've spent a good deal of time in mass consumer goods um, and, you know, trying to help the younger people that were in front of us, like what is their next move? And so the banter for me is where brilliance comes from. So bantering with a Steve Harvey or a Grant Cardone or a Gary Vee is where Tim Ferriss, right? You're going to get that next level of thinking. And it may not happen right then. It may be when you overnight process going, you know what? That was really an interesting point that he had to make, right? And so I think amongst colleagues, that's what they're looking for, right? We get a lot of, yes, you're great. You're wonderful. That doesn't do anything for me, right? And so when I banter with Grant, it's giving me entirely different insight, right? Because he comes from real estate, right? So he's looking for, you know, those those long-term investments, mm -hmm. you know, those hidden gems. And he's wired that way. He's very, very good at what he does. You know, I come from mass consumer goods, which is which is, you know, been really disrupted with direct to consumer now, right? You can really right. build a business now and use your social and skip over all of the retail. Well, mm -hmm. there's some really good pros and cons about that, but you have to understand the game that you're in. Um, and when a lot of people, when they have a great idea, they have a great idea while the trend is happening, right? Like, they, like by the time you think of it, I'm like, okay, you've got to be ahead of it. Yeah, it's already right? over. It's already over. Same thing, too, as a business leader. I'm trying to think about what my, my employees need tomorrow, not what they need today, what they need next before they think about it. Same thing, too, when I look about something that's going to go in the marketplace. What is the offering or the service or the product that consumers are going to need next, right? That's, yeah. that's the kind of secret sauce to being able to put your money into an investment so that you catch it on, on the up part of the bell curve. Well, in, in, in our, our professional side, right, it's kind of like the, the market. Yes, right? this is a market, yeah. You know, you, you hear, you hear, oh, this is a great investment. By the time you hear that as a consumer, yeah, it might it's be already, too late. Right, you're buying it high instead of up before, right? Yeah, everybody's trying to push some Bitcoin right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> everybody's yeah. trying to push that. Um, and that's part about being in the moment to start using your brain to go, what's the trend, right? Where is it going, right? right. Because if you look at industries, right, something that happens in entertainment then usually affects your beauty care, that, that affect, right, affect, it goes clothing, jewelry, like one thing affects another thing. And so you have to see what the trend is, right, and then get better mm -hmm. at what your, um, what your experience does with that trend. And then that's where you want to invest money. But like you guys always know, you know your portfolio has to be high risk and low risk. It's got to be short term and long term. It's never one egg in one basket. Right. And it's unfortunate that entrepreneurs have a tendency to do that one egg in one basket 
with ever, without ever thinking outside of their own head. And I'm like, you gotta bounce your ideas and what you're thinking amongst colleagues so that you get that other perspective, right? Or the other story. Well, I love that. Iron mm -hmm. sharpens iron, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And so yep. so you get some high, like, like you and Grant Cardone and yeah. some others, you get these different perspectives that maybe not yeah, but right we like wrong, each other. But, like I'm yeah. saying, we, we like each other. We love that banter. That's, oh, I, I loved it, it. You know, it's, it's I could tell. I yeah, could tell. Yeah, it yeah. was healthy. There, there's no animosity. I'm like no. Grant and I are, are friends. Love but that. if I need that, hey, would you, let me run something by you. Like he's gonna give me what he thinks. Right. He's not gonna sugarcoat it. Yeah. But he knows the same thing to me. If he calls and goes, hey, I got this idea. I'm like, no, nope, not gonna work. Here's why. Boom, 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 boom. He knows that my my pattern is to give you something and then give you supporting information on how I'm coming to that conclusion. Now, if my supporting information is missing something, right, then that's why I go, oh, okay, now that I know this, maybe I may pivot here. Um, but you need your colleagues. I mean, you need your network. Your network is what helps round you to the next level and the next level and the next level of success. Your network is your net worth. Tell us a little bit about the Genius Key. What is it? Um, I know that it, as part of your process through, it, you talk about how it removes bias. Mm -hmm right, from, from kind of like the hiring process. Tell me a little bit about that. So the purpose of the Genius Key was to be able to create a new people operating system inside of a company mm -hmm. so that a company could be more healthy with its people, right? And so what happens is one side of the Genius Key is helping individuals within a company to understand what is their genius and how does that apply across the entire company and the entire workflow. So not just in the department that you're in, right? All the way across the company, how does your genius apply to all of these projects and tasks? Yeah. And then what is innate and what did you pick up along the way? Because it makes a difference with your growth trajectory. Then on the other side, it's showing the executives, whether it's the board, the investors, the CEO, the entrepreneur, their vision broken down into projects with individual keys. The matrix then matches the project keys to the genius keys of the individuals and then pings the individuals to say, here's all the projects within the company that match your genius. So now you're not stuck in sales or stuck in marketing or stuck in human resources or stuck in admin. You're looking at all the opportunity in the company of where you can contribute and add value. So then you start looking at the individual project and you're like, okay, this project's three months. Maybe this project is four months. Maybe this one's two weeks. There's four people, there's eight people, there's 20 people, there's two people. And then it goes, why am I bothering you? So it's saying, okay, on this project, <laughs> I'm looking for your strategy key, Amelia. On this one, I'm looking for your right order, priority order key. This one, I'm looking for my organization. This one is looking for my fish. I know why you want me on this project. And then I go, you know what? This is kind of interesting. And I click yes. Once I click yes, I'm interested, they now know I happen to be an Italian female. Until then, they know nothing. Doesn't mm. matter about your education, doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter uh, if you're black, white, yellow, green, it doesn't matter what you're religion, because none of that matters. You're a fit. It, right, in fit. the vision of a company, the work is agnostic. What happens is people get in the way right. and they, they assign work because it's like, okay, well I know you and I really need this project done, so I think you will help me. I'm not actually analyzing if it's part of your genius, if it matches you, if it's in alignment with your lifestyle. I'm not doing any of that. Now the system is doing that with you to say, wait a minute, this is where Trevor's genius is. And these projects, he can add immediate value to. So now the CEO has a better way of pairing and matching people to the work. 
and then it's self-driven. So if you want to really do something, but it's not pinging you because it's not your natural state, you can then learn a learning module so that you then pick up that key. So there's no more biases. I can't say, oh, my company doesn't develop me. You can develop yourself all day long. My company doesn't pick me for projects. You get to pick all the projects that you want to pick, all self-driven. So for all of you job seekers out there that feel like you're dealing with you know, some age bias or whatever type <laughs> yeah. of bias, right? Actually, Look for a genius company to go work for. Yeah, you need to work for a genius company. Put hashtag genius if you feel like you're <laughs> dealing with some kind of bias, okay? Because I know a lot of you are. Uh, okay, so I have my results here. Okay. All right, so it says my learning genius score is uh, kinesthetics. Correct. So that kinesthetic means that is how you imprint information. So there's okay. three primary learning styles. They usually happen between the ages of zero and three years old. And what that means is how you are predispositioned to retain information. And what we don't realize is that we will learn all three over time. But if you're hungry, you're tired, you're learning something for the first time, um, any of your hierarchy needs are not being met, you default to a kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. So what that means is a visual person makes a collage out of everything. So even if they heard a bird, they put a bird on a collage. So deep, people who are visual remember by those pictures. And it doesn't matter if it happened yesterday or 10 years ago, they picked that same collage open. An auditory person takes every experience and they put it into bullet points. And they only really remember the things that they believe contributed to the value statement of it, right? So they're not gonna remember like a visual, what did I wear? What restaurant did we meet at? They're gonna remember, we were supposed to meet at eight, you showed up at 8.03, mm. right? So that's the things that are coming on their list. The kinesthetic learner isn't using their eyes and they don't use their ears. They remember the actual experience itself. So even if you're doing recall, you're going to remember that you felt a certain way in this experience. You made me feel a certain way. That's right. A certain kind of way. There you go. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so uh, it also says my energetic genius is goal energized. Which means you want to cross things off the list. Goal-oriented, action-oriented, cross things off the all list, day get things accomplished, right? And so reds have a tendency that they're perceived, doesn't mean that they are, they're perceived to be a little bit colder, a little bit more, um, because you, we don't go in and go, hey, how are you doing? How was the weekend? How's the kids? We go in and go, okay, let's get this done, this done, this done, yeah. this done, right? <laughs> and so we me. jump into action. Yeah. And so we get characterized sometimes as not caring. We're extremely caring. We just want to have an accountability and efficiencies of what we want to be able to do. Mm -hmm. We feel better when we know a list is crossed off. Now, you said reds. You have them color-coded. They're color-coded, right? Right. Um, it's similar because isn't the Myers-Briggs color-coded too, like you're a red and a green or a... Not Myers. No? There are some okay. that are... And the reason we, why we use color-coding is that we color-code projects, right? Okay. So him being a kinesthetic, right? So a kinesthetic, they're really good in problem-solving right? He doesn't want to come into a project that's already done or repetitive, right? Kinesthetics, right? The experience. So if I go in and go, oh, this whole project is already done. I just want you to now to knock. They're like, he's like, well, I'm not contributing, right? He wants the experience. So anything that I have a project and I'm not sure how I want it done, I would give it to a kinesthetic, right? This is super accurate. Right? It is so right? accurate. And then action-oriented, I know he is going to want to know what's the deliverable, what timeline, what's the, like, how is he being measured, right? So that's how he's going to do that action-oriented. So 
these projects are color coded so that when he's looking at a project, he can know that this is a red project. It's action oriented. It's going to go fast. It's not going to go deep. Well, those things match him versus he may look at another project that he could be interested in because it's creative and it's going to be innovative, but it's going to go deep. It may, it's colored orange. So he knows he's not going to go the pace he wants it to go to, but he may learn because he's going to dive down deep in the detail. So by color coding, and we put all kinds of little widgets all over it so people can better identify with what the project is going to feel like, right? Mm. Remember, money is not the motivation for people. We've learned this statistically, that even if I give you a raise, your lifestyle hasn't changed. People who win the lottery, within two and a half years, they go back to their baseline. Money does not bring most people the life they think that it will, but we have all this evidence, right? So great, you got a raise. What did you do with the extra money? I don't know, a paid bill. They don't, there's no major impact. And so what we find within organizations is if you match people's genius keys and reward them in what has meaning to them, that's where life starts to feel good. Yes, you need the income and yes, you have to have the perks, but day by day, right, it's the feeling. Mm -hmm. So when I give somebody that I say, okay, here's two scenarios. One, I'm going to give you a billion dollars and you're going to hate your life. You're going to hate what you're doing every day. You're going to be miserable, but you have a billion dollars. Or here, you're going to be able to maintain your lifestyle. You're going to love the things that you do. You're going to love the people that you work with and you're going to feel like you're an active member and having an impact on the world. Which one will you choose? Yeah, Always will choose this one. Yeah, give me the impact all day. So why do we reward people just monetarily? We have to reward them as a whole being, what matters to them as a whole being, mm-hmm. and then develop them to the next phase because what is rewarding for you today isn't rewarding for you tomorrow, right? Depends on where you are on the trajectory. And so companies have to change their operating system and start building this kind of relationship with their individual employees. All right, so I also got the uh, receiving gen- genius is awards, trophies, and prizes. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's 100% accurate. Yeah. yeah. That's 100 and that's a thousand. I got, so I got a, a lot of trophies. Accurate. Right. Yeah. So, but here's the psychological part of that, right? So I'm a <laughs> behaviorist. Right? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> got so trophies everywhere. People can at first pass think that this means materialistic, and it does not. It's evidence. Right. They want evidence to be able to say, yes, I did this and I did that. Like if I gave Trevor a watch and I inscribed it with saying, hey, you know, you're you're meaningful and you're important. Right. He's pointing to the watch, not because the watch is valuable. He's pointing to because of what it represents. hundred percent. It's proof. So when I was in the auto industry, uh, I was top performer of the year and my award wasn't a trophy. It was a watch. That is what had meaning. I still have that watch. Mm -hmm. It's in a case. I'm like, this is that's my trophy. That's that's your When we talk about reward language, that's what fills you up from Mm -hmm. the inside. So when people try to love you in their own way, right? So if I want to give you acknowledgments, oh, you're great, you're great, you're great, you're great. That's not filling you up. You need those tangible things that identify and put you in that place to go, I'm I'm overachieving, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. So you have to be able to understand what has meaning to somebody else and then give them what that is for them. It's very unfortunate that most humans try to do an abundance of what they want on other people. And then they go, why am I not getting the response I want? Right. right? And then they stop doing it. Well, they, what they understand is that it's not the same language. Right. And so once you identify what somebody's receiving language is, what fills them up, now you can be more efficient. Now I only have to give that to him. So instead of me running around going, you're great, you're great, you're great, you're great, which is exhausting, all I got to do is now just going, hey, this had meeting, here's a certificate signed by Amelia, go have a whatever, romantic night on me. 
that is going to have meaning to him because it's personalized and he's got something he can put on the wall that said, Amelia did this. And so we do a lot of spray and pray and then wonder why we don't get the results. <laughs> I like that. We talk about spray and pray, oh, too. Yeah. All right. So uh, compatibility genius is a sweet reliever. Yes. So I know that makes no sense to you. So <laughs> that's why you're it, here. Right. So in this group, right, so what that really helps you with the compatibility is to allow you to understand where brilliance happens, right? So in conflict is where you find brilliance. And so it's talking to you about what kind of people to pair you with that pushes you beyond your natural barriers, not too far where it's uncomfortable, but far enough out of the comfort zone so that you continue growth. Mm. And so that's what it's talking, that's talking about there, right? So you want something that's meaningful. You want something that's influential. You want to be seen, heard, and recognized for your own talent, but you like to be brought into projects that are just a little bit out of your reach because then you scale. Right. It helps push me a little bit further, right? Right. Because you're not going to do it on your own. Yeah. You're not going to go, I think I want to be uncomfortable today. I'm going to go do this. But if you are paired with somebody to go, listen, I really think we could take this on together, and this is how we're going to accomplish it, then you'll reach a little bit farther. And then you'll do it again over and over and over again. Look, there's a bunch more in here, and, and <laughs> I, I wish we had more time. Uh, but I do want to just do something real quick. Hold on. Uh -oh. Hold on. Uh -oh. Hold on. Uh -oh. Hold on. <laughs> Y'all see this? Uh-oh. This is the golden mic. Oh, and, wow. Uh, and I'm going to just, okay, I'm going to knock that over. It's like a over. golden ticket. We can't, it, it actually fires. So, oh. okay, we we, confetti. we almost got kicked out of here. They almost shut us down. We had the, <gasps> the security come off because this, this is actually a confetti cannon. Oh, wow. And, That's uh, so cool. our first one, we, we popped that sucker, boy. And it, whoo, it went was everywhere. Smoke and, you It's know. like America's Got Talent, right? Oh, that yeah. That's right. right. Yeah. Gold we, and, yeah. And so, but they were like, no, nah, you can't. You can't. We're going to shut you down. They're like, We'll you pretend can't. it's confetti. So, we're improvising. Oh, we got oh, no, the golden pom-poms. The golden pom-poms. <laughs> And hold on, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Let's see. Get something over here. And it's like a, it's like a, it's like a oh, yellow. Oh, there you go. Bam. Woo. -hoo. Woo. -hoo. All right. There we go. So okay. And hold on, hold on, wait. Hold on. So I got, I got something else for you too. I got you a gift here. So I know. Oh yeah. I know your, your love language because you talked about it uh, before. It's coffee. Yeah, it's coffee. Uh, oh you, yeah. Yeah, and and you told Casey Haston uh, to autograph it, so I'm just gonna. Yes, yeah. I want an autograph. Yeah, you told 100%. her that. So I'm just gonna do that real quick. One day this will be worth something, and uh, there you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Yeah, here, pass uh, it over. See, yeah. that's more meaningful for to me. Yes, I love that it's fine. Thank and then, you. okay, so I got you some coffee because I know you said you love coffee. I do love coffee. Um, so when I went to Starbucks, I was like, okay, Italian roast. <laughs> yep, there we go. Right? Yeah, yeah. But they were like, yeah, that's good, but this is garbage. They pretty much told me. <gasps> so so Starbucks, your own employee said that. Ooh, I'm not, I don't know if well, I put you I on blast. I don't think it's garbage. They did. They said this one is no good. So they Why? said, you got to go with this one. <laughs> okay. So I was like, but she's Italian, you know, so I got to, you know, so I just got you both. Oh, so I'm going to have, now I'm going to go home and have a roast off, right? Yeah. I'm going to have yeah, to send you a you video go. going, sip. Yeah. And sit with my eyes closed. This one's like that. It's all. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. The, there thank you go. You. There's your cup. Thank you. Who you know, cup. Uh, and uh, and your coffee. Here you go. Here you go. 
Yeah, there you go. Love it. No, and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I love coffee. I love it. I, I celebrate every day, right? My three o'clock coffee. I, it's like a whole ritual for me. My whole team knows I do it. Um, <laughs> and you know, and I thank people when, like, when I have to like yeah. go into a somewhere. I'm like, thank you so much for me having. It. People are like, she is nuts, right? But people remember it, right? They know that. that, that yeah. And this you. is yours too. This is your golden mic. <laughs> That's your golden mic. I can't you get do to... it as well as you guys do, right? But I love it, though, right? Like, I, mean, I have that personality. I'll be at the airport going, na 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 And people go, oh, okay, yeah, what? Yeah. Well, they... But we always do something for the audience. Whenever we have these these uh, high-impact mic drop moments, um, and I know that you had you'd mentioned that you wanted to to give a lucky audience member a uh, – Yep. A genius key. Yep. Assessment. And a session. And an actual session. And an actual session. Yeah. Yeah. An actual session. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Now, not just get the report, but they actually would then, I'll decode it for them, what it actually means for them and where they're trying to go. So, I will actually give them a session. this is, yeah. all right. Are you yeah. ready? So, what we're going to do is we're going to ask the audience a question. Um, and, and a question that, that it actually has an answer to it. Okay, you know? that would be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't tease the audience with no. something that has no answer. Well, we have sometimes where they'll throw random, random uh, answers out there, and I'm like, that's not what I'm looking for. Thanks for listening to the Who You Know Show podcast. My name is Trevor Houston, and if you've enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing wherever you listen and leave us a positive review to help us keep the mics on in the studio. Until next week, that's the show. It's all about who you know.